Hello everyone and welcome to the new series of Coding Institute podcasts, Catching Coders. I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. I'm a careers counsellor and the careers content executive here at Code Institute and I'm going to spend my time picking the brains of some of our wonderful students, alumni and even staff. I'm passionate about helping people explore their curiosity and I'm a huge advocate for positive, focused personal development and career well-being. I hope to create a positive, friendly and career-focused environment here that helps listeners relate and benefit from this career content. Career changers can tune in and use these stories to feel part of a community that are making similar decisions and have found solutions here at Code Institute. The journey of change and decision-making can be made much easier through hearing from those in similar positions, working through change and overcoming the obstacles that seem so daunting when you're facing them head-on. We want to help turn that doubt into motivation and success, especially as career changers. We are going to be joined by a host of guests over the next couple of weeks who will share their stories, tips, journeys and insights into their lives during the diploma, after Code Institute and their new life after taking the plunge. Thanks for tuning in and if you have any feedback, suggestions or even want to volunteer yourself to come on for a chat, please feel free to pop me a message on Slack. So I'm thrilled to be joined by not one, but two guests today, Raven and Laura, both of whom were part of the first iteration of the Coding Careers for Women initiative and have gained not only a new career, but a lifelong friendship from the initiative. Um, I think we have established that the three of us are complete chatterboxes, so keeping this conversation on track will probably be harder than the actual course. Um, but for those of you that aren't aware, the Coding Careers for Women is a joint initiative between Code Institute, Education and Training Boards, Regional Skills Fora and Tech Employers in Ireland. It offers women who are unemployed or returning to the workforce a pathway into tech careers. Um, the Coding Careers for Women initiative is a 12-month course in full-stack software development. It is then followed by a three-month industry training with a tech employer. And by offering all-female cohorts, the initiative aims to remove some barriers preventing women from considering a tech career. Laura and Raven are both perfect examples of how well this initiative works, and I'm so thrilled to have them both here to chat about their journey since taking the plunge. So do you both want to introduce yourselves? Raven, I will go to you first on this one. Yeah, sure. Um, always happy to be the first one to go. <laughs> so yeah, um, my, my name's uh, Ravina Almasadi. Everyone just calls me Raven or Ray. I'm 26 years old. Um, I'm currently living in Ennis, but I'm originally from South Africa and I am a digital transformation and business analyst. Such a fancy title. I love it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> And I love it means yeah <laughs> I'm the same I'm like people are like what do you do I'm like I'll tell you the title but don't ask me anything after that <laughs> and uh, Laura what about yourself uh so I'm Laura I am 29 nine took me longer to remember that <laughs> um I'm living in Limerick born and raised here moved away for a couple of years but have since returned um and I am an associate analyst programming engineer also okay. very fancy don't ask wow. <laughs> I'd say that was nice to put up on the LinkedIn to be like it yeah. was super nice yeah and I was like I really know what this means but yeah. we won't admit that <laughs> a know. nice powerful you know. punchy title it's you can't it beat is. it it is yeah. big fan now <laughs> well look thank you both so much for joining me today um we have been chatting a bit since with um, like arranging everything and stuff and I'm this is my first podcast with two guests so you know bear with us we all love to talk but I'm sure it'll be fantastic and I'm so excited to hear about your stories um so we will chat a little bit first about your life before taking the plunge and and what you did beforehand so my first question is before becoming a coder what was your job slash profession so Laura I'll go to you first this time uh, yeah, so a bit all over the place. Um, before I started the course, I was working as a waitress, but because it was COVID times, I wasn't actually working. I was out on the PUP. Um, and bef just before that, I, where was I saying? No, yeah, just before that, I had done a master's in animal welfare and behavior um, up the north. And I've been kind of going through that. And part of that is you do like a work placement and you do a project. And, you know, general rule of thumb is, you know, if it goes well, you'll work with your employer, but COVID hit in the middle of it. So the project we had been planning fell through um, and, you know, had to move home, had to do a different project. So I wasn't sure really where that was going to go. And by the time I graduated, I was feeling a little bit, you know, I'm back in Limerick. 
there isn't really a whole lot of work in that area down here you know I can't move out because pandemic you know, mm. bad thing um <laughs> so I was kind of sitting there and I was like well I need something else to do so I was just kind of giving it a google um and I was kind of like what's employable IT is always fairly employable so I was just looking around you know and found this course and said we'd give it a go because you know the masters wasn't working out the way I planned at that time I didn't want to be a waitress forever so I said I'd give this a whirl wow like talk about a 360 <laughs> like <laughs> oh completely different you know like no coding background never done anything like it before just said we'd give it a whirl <laughs> but you know what it it just goes to show always trust your gut you obviously had some kind of feeling and you went with it and it's clearly paid off so congrats thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> and raven what about yourself yeah so um before i became a curler and I got into the tech industry I was working in the business services industry so I mainly worked with uh, directors and government bodies around incorporating companies applying for like import and export licenses and that sort of thing um, a lot of my work involved with dealing with accountants and lawyers and government bureaucrats so it was very very fun like I'm sure you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a very like unusual start I just I had dropped out of high school and then I got my GED and I was very unsure of what I wanted to do. So yeah, it was just very strange how I came into this particular industry. But yeah, that's what I was doing beforehand. Nice, nice. Both of you like completely different backgrounds before. And <laughs> I always find it incredible when I'm when I'm talking to people about it to to kind of now it kind of does go on to my next question, but when there wasn't a previous interest in tech or like, you know, any kind of looming anything to do with tech and then it's like you worked at animals you worked with government bodies it's like it's completely different so that leads me nicely on to my next question um what spurred your decision to change careers and what made you realize that like you actually wanted to go for it and and, and sign up for the course so Raven I'll go to you first this time yeah sure um so I suppose it was the number of factors that's you know made me decide to do the course so one of the biggest one was the move to Ireland so I immigrated here in 2020 but um even before then you know I was feeling very directionless and dissatisfied with, with my life and I was ready for a change mm. um I lost my stepfather to cancer in 2018 and he always amazed me in the sense that he was always willing to try new things he mm. was never afraid to fail you know and his whole story about how he went from being at one point in his life homeless to, you know, being quite high up in a, in a really large tech company always inspired me. And I thought, you know, like, if he could do it, I could do it, you know, and mm. he always said to me, you know, like, just don't be afraid to fail, you know, always be willing to try. So that was a huge, you know, like factor for me, you know, like in, in the sense that it inspired me to sort of just go for it. But I've always been interested in technology since I was a kid. I mean, I've always loved taking apart computers. I've loved playing with different kinds of technology. So it's just, it's a whole bunch of different things. But yeah, I would definitely have to say the move and my stepfather were the biggest ones. Wow, that's incredible. And like, so nice to have that driving motivation behind you that, you know, he he was your inspiration behind it. It's That's lovely. That's really, really nice. Thank you. And Laura. Well, that's a tough one to follow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mine isn't half as inspirational. Um, yeah, mine was just, you know, I'd done an undergrad in, in animal sciences. I did zoology and then followed it up with the master's. Um, I'd taken a year off to go traveling and then came back to do that. Um, and when that fell apart, not that it fell apart, it's probably been a bit dramatic, but <laughs> employment wasn't looking great by the time I had it done. Um, you know, being in Limerick, there weren't a lot of opportunities, but, you know, I was you know, in my mid-twenties, I was starting to feel like I kind of need to do something um, that I can see a bit of growth in and like, you know, could start an actual career in as opposed to just, you know, working in shops and hospitality. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it just wasn't for me yeah. long term. Um, so, you know, just I was sitting at home and I was like, hey, you know, we can't go anywhere. You know, you can barely leave your house. No mind trying to move anywhere right now. Um, so you know when I found this kind of a course 
I was like, this seems like a good way in because I was also like, we're not going back to college. We've just finished our master's. We can't do <laughs> four years again. So um, yeah, that was just kind of the real driving factor was just I kind of wanted to get my act together. That's <laughs> 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 where I was going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was literally just I wanted a new career. I wanted to do something exciting, something different. It's very different to what my initial plan was, but... <laughs> yeah yeah that was just the driving force I just wanted to give it a go Mm. and (laughs) it's funny like a common like theme that kind of comes up on the podcast is COVID COVID being the kind of thing that was like this is make or break now I either stick it out and hope that when this all ends which we didn't know when it was all going to end that my job would still be there and it would be safe and I'd just fall back into it or do I grab this and go with it and just completely take this all this free time and use it to my advantage because so many people like I had a musician on before and you know had this incredible career and then COVID hit and like the music industry was like non-existent at this stage there was no gigs nothing Mm -hmm. like that nothing that she was doing previously and she was like it's now and ever like you know I don't know and as time went on and it was like okay your lockdown's extended again and again and again yeah and again it's like okay we might be here for a while so let's just get the ball rolling but like I'm jealous of people like you who came out of COVID with this whole new career and this whole new like a diploma and you know really done something with the time I'm not one of those people if anything I just fed into my Um, online shopping addiction doing something is overrated I mean I kind of felt like I had to because I had just spent a year and a lot of money doing a master's yeah you know yeah. realistically I may never use I may I may not and it was great I had a great time um but yeah I think that was kind of <laughs> I had to make up for that yeah same I mean I had just moved to a new country like it was really one of those moments where it was like new me new country like yeah. gotta got try something new but yeah trying things completely overrated <laughs> I wish I had spent my lockdown the way you did sometimes <laughs> oh I don't know about that I think my bank account would say different, but however. Um, so we will talk about life during the, the course and like, you know, how you guys got on now a little bit. Um, so my first question is, how did you hear about the Coding Careers for Women and like what made you be like, yep, this sounds like the right fit for me? Um, Laura, we'll go to you first this time. Yeah, so mine was purely just Google um, and I was quite late to the game Um I think I only got enrolled in the course like a week before it started. Um, So I got very lucky that there was even a place, you know, my guess is someone had probably, you know, dropped out or something that I was able to get on it. Mm. Um, But I like that, as I said already, you know, I just kind of looked up IT and courses and things that, you know, were, I think I was kind of aiming it towards something with um, work placement as well or industry training. Mm. Um, Because I'd done the same with my master's and I, I kind of knew myself already that that was something that was really worthwhile having. Mm. and I had actually applied to a different version of the women in coding course um and they accepted me initially and then they got on to me and they're like actually you can't get on this you're not eligible I don't remember the reason um but they're like you're actually not eligible for this course but here's this other one mm. um it's starting a bit sooner but you should be able to get on to this one we'll put you in touch with whoever and whoever um so then I kind of started the process um, made a few phone calls <laughs> I was just trying to figure out what the, you know what the course was about yeah. what it entailed you know because I hadn't heard of the code institute hadn't heard like hadn't known much about the, the education board and like what they had done so mm. I was just trying to get as much information as I could um, and just from talking to them it just kind of sounded like it was it was worth the go there wasn't too much to lose other than I haven't quit my job <laughs> other than that there wasn't too much to lose I was like that would be there in a year it doesn't go well um but yeah so it was just I didn't really have time to think about it too much mm. because the deadline was so close it yeah. was really just a we do it or we don't you're not going to get this again mm. this year more than likely so a bit of an impulse decision but yeah. a good impulse decision mm. <laughs> it, it, it's actually probably a better that you found out about it kind of last minute so if you've too much time to think about it you probably would have talked yourself out of it and be like no yeah, this, I is, probably this is silly have. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't go out of work for a year will you stop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I didn't have time to do it I was just like yeah 
yeah head first <laughs> let's go because I wasn't in work either so I say I quit my job I wasn't there because the restaurants weren't open mm. so I was just sitting at home anyway yeah um but I said to be like yeah I'm not coming back sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant and uh Raven what about you yeah so my family and I had settled in Banshee in Cork and we were there for a couple of months and a family member of mine got a job up here in Ennis so we moved and at this point I was very much like I need to get started doing something I need to start studying I need to start looking for something and I had seen several like adverts on Instagram you know of I think it was Jasmine the five-day coding challenge I think it was yeah and I saw this and I was like oh, I don't know and then I went onto um the Limerick Clear Education Training Board's website and I saw Code Institute was there and I was like okay this must be legit then so I went and I applied to do the five-day challenge I did not totally bomb it so I was like okay maybe this might be for me <laughs> and um yeah like there was a couple of calls a lot of applications that had to be done I was very hesitant coming into it because it was geared specifically towards women because you know I am a trans woman so there's always that fear that I'm enroaching mm. on 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 women's spaces so you know when I got accepted and I found out that it was a very inclusive um course and mm. that it was geared towards all women you know that really as well gave me the you know the push and I mean because if you think about it tech spaces tend to be very dominated by men mm. you know and you know knowing that there was a space for marginalized individuals was amazing absolutely mm. amazing but um yeah I was thinking about the course yesterday actually and it just it's amazing how much happened in such a short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like you guys, you guys done it in the the, the space of nine months as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just to make yeah. it that bit harder. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. That actually leads me quite nicely onto my next question, though. So you've been through the program. I'm from what you remember. How did you find it specifically doing it in the short period of time? Like it's it is 12 months now, so unfortunately you were the guinea pigs and you know everyone else is reaping the benefits but how did you guys find it uh Laura we'll go to you first I'm trying to figure out how to word this and how <laughs> descriptive I be um it was an experience for sure um like that at the start it was good you know you were going through it pretty slowly everything was very manageable um it was all very supportive and helpful and everything was going well and then you kind of hit a point <laughs> and suddenly where we had been you know everything was give, not given to us but you know we had all the support and everything because we were the first course going through it some of the materials weren't ready so you know we were doing up projects and that we didn't have our project specs yet you know mm. so you were just kind of doing it blind and she was trying to figure out you know you're going to people for help like on slack or tutors and it's like okay well, we're doing this but we're we're the new 5p project which is five projects Whereas before it was four. So sometimes there was a little bit of misleading information mm. from people. They're no fault of their own. It was new. Mm. Um, so that was quite challenging, trying to figure out what was needed. And just, it, it was very intense because it was so short. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a lot of late nights, a little bit of crying. <laughs> a lot of crying. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, it, it makes or breaks you. It really does. Mm. But. I mean, I think we all went a bit doe-eyes, but, you know, realistically changing a career in nine months was always going to be really difficult, mm. a, lot, a lot more difficult um, than expected. But for the most part, the support was there. You know, we had Slack, we had Cassia, our facilitator. She was really helpful and supportive. Um, once or twice, I'd go crying to her because I was like, <laughs> what, what am I doing? <laughs> one night I called her, I, well, I had sent her a message at like 2 a.m. at one point. I sent it at nine. I had written it like 2 a.m. I was like, I can't finish this project. Like I'm done. I'm dropping out. And she was like, take a, take a step back. Take a breath. <laughs> we'll work through it. Um, so there was always someone to turn to. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. It was hard, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. I know like obviously the nine months, that is like such a short space of time, like you said, to change careers. But it's so good that they have like looked at your iteration as a cohort and being like okay like what can we improve on because like you said you know it was new they were still learning themselves there was such an incredible drive behind it and like Raven said like such an inclusive place 
it's actually it's doing so well like there's the more people are going through it the more people are hearing about it and it's just you know they, they there needs to be more stuff like this but and now that it's the 12 months it probably feels a bit more achievable for other people as well like you guys are obviously very brave you saw that it was nine months and was like yeah come on let's 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 do it <laughs> let's throw throw her hat in the ring but you know we'll keep evolving it like that and I think it's so nice to see that they are kind of taking the feedback from each cohort and building on it then and god only knows where it's going to be now in a couple of months time or a couple of years time it's but it's so great to see the drive behind it and also the demand behind it that there are so many women that want to do the same because like you said it's predominantly a male career path and yeah it's just the way it was and it's great to see that there's there's starting to be a switch now you know women are there they're coming up through the ranks they aren't you know we're taking over yeah exactly <laughs> they're not tiptoeing around anyone they're there I'm just power to use but Raven how did you feel about it well um I think Laura managed to uh, cover most of it but it was really challenging I mean the course like like she said you know it was really like it went at a decent pace in the beginning mm. and then suddenly it was very fast paced <laughs> and and you know at the time the, the curriculum was very new you know they were they were still ironing out a lot of kinks um it was a learning experience I think for both us and for you know the current institutes and um it was frustrating at times as well because you know I think a lot of people were they were trying just to be supportive but they didn't know how to give us that support mm. because we just we didn't know the path forward but um, I enjoyed a large part of it, and I think a lot of a lot of the time we like to focus on all the difficult parts. But there were parts of it I really, really enjoyed. Um, I think in part to the large levels of support that, that we got, specifically mm. from my fellow cohort members, who were all amazing. I love every each and every single one of those women. They were literally the only thing that kept me going. And even you know my mentor Chris, you know he was so understanding. And I think 90% of our like mentor, mentee sessions were literally just me panicking and crying <laughs> and looking for reassurance that I was not making the biggest mistake of my life. And um, yeah, and so my co-facilitator, um, Katia, who Laura mentioned, you know, she was phenomenal, you know, phenomenal. I mean, anyone who answers like Slack messages at two o'clock in the morning and who's sitting <laughs> Pace therapist really, you know, is just a wonderful human being. But I think it's it's nice that we all went through similar a similar mm -hmm. journey, mm -hmm. and we were able to provide that level of support to each and every one of us. But yeah, I definitely had its challenges. Yeah, yeah, and um, I love the way you both mentioned Kasha there. She is a queen. Like she's such a legend. She's still oh, yeah. she's still with Code Institute now, and like she is just everyone loves her like I haven't talked to one person about Kasha and they haven't been like oh my god she's amazing she's brilliant she's so supportive she's so kind mm -hmm. she's perfect for that kind of role like so now I know there was you obviously both had your struggles and the whole cohort had their struggles and it's very intense but what was your favorite thing about the coding careers for women cohort and you know the course itself we'll go to Raven first my favorite thing definitely community you know a woman helping women it was, it was very much a sisterhood you know mm. I mean I made lifelong friends from from this course you know and that's not an easy thing for me to do I'm not a very outgoing and extroverted person and you know just seeing how so many different individuals from, from different walks of life I mean in my cohort there were individuals who were in their early 20s individuals in their early 60s people who had no tech experience, people who had tech experience, people who were from Ireland, mm. people who were immigrants, you know, people of color. It, it was just so many different backgrounds and so many different um, kinds of people, you know, and it absolutely blew my mind how we went through this common challenge and it, it brought us together and we supported one another. And you know, even to this day, you know, Laura and I are best friends. We've also got another best friend that we, we met <laughs> on the course, Becky. And, um, you know, like, we just, I would say that it's literally changed my life. It's given me levels of confidence and I would just say comfort in myself going forward in different areas of my life that I never would have gotten anywhere else, essentially. Mm. But yeah, those it was definitely the friendship and the supportive elements of it. Yeah. The community 
Wow. I love that you're both best friends in this. It's so cool. <laughs> and that's what I'm like. I'm like third wheeling here on two best friends. <laughs> <laughs> For my bonding. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Oh God! Like, when those two AM calls and you're freaking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. And uh, Laura, what about yourself? Yeah, very similar to Ray's experience. <laughs> um, but you know, I think when the course kind of hit difficult moments, or you know, just if the coursework was fine, but you know, there's a lot going on in your personal life, and it was all just feeling too intense it is that community that you need to fall back on to kind of get you through, especially because it was such a short space of time. And, you know, you could finish your project and next week you're straight back into the coursework and, you know, you're going through it again. It gets intense. And, you know, whether it was talking to Becky and Ray on the phone till unholy hours of the night <laughs> um, or just the other ladies in the cohort, like, you know, we really did all stick it through together. I mean, you know we were all in the same boat <laughs> all using the same paddle um, so it was really nice kind of having that you know unique experience you know no one had gone through this before in the code institute no one ever will again because now it's 12 months so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have you know, they have their own um battles but having that meant so much and I just I can't imagine having done it without that support I really can't I do have to give a special shout out to hackathons um purely because I was a glutton for punishment and I did so many and the first one was actually how I started talking to Becky so I started talking to Becky Becky started talking to Ray and she was the bridge in the middle because the yeah. two of us socially awkward beans were like they seem really cool like I want to talk to them and Becky was like I got this <laughs> so that you know they're a fun little lecture that you know I do have to shout out there because you know they're hired and you know it's four days and you're already up the walls but you can really meet people through those to just expand mm. your little community and you just meet some really great people yeah I I have to echo what you said there about the hackathons like I've been a facilitator for a couple of different ones and it's so nice you know seeing the friendships form in the chat as they're working like that until mm-hmm. ungodly hours they're on calls on slack for four hours talking about like what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and then at the end of it you, you know sometimes they actually continue on with the project and and keep going at it throughout the year and you know building on it and stuff and then other times it's like I see them constantly like bigging each other up on slack or you can just see these friendships molding and like it's so nice because you all have that common interest so it's, it's a no-brainer you're going to get on with these people you know <laughs> and just go from yeah. there so nice that you know the most important thing for both of you is the friendships and everything else that you built as well as the amazing careers yeah. <laughs> um, so my last question of this section is probably my favorite question of the whole podcast but was the risk worth the reward and Laura I will go to you first here um well so far I'm going to say yes <laughs> um like that I don't know I don't know where to be and if I didn't do this you know I was at home I was working as a waitress well wasn't working at the time there's a high chance I would probably still be there mm. um you know just with the economy the way it is now like trying to leave Limerick is looking quite difficult and you know mm. trying to get the, the kind of animal welfare career off the ground um I wasn't driving at the time so trying to do that in Limerick was looking fairly difficult but now you know I, I I'm gonna say you know a lot of hard work and a lot of luck you know I'm, I'm still in mm. the industry and still working and still in that same company so yeah <laughs> I'm gonna say it has paid off for now at least Brilliant. as long as it keeps going this way yeah. I know I think like from meeting both of you from talking to both of you uh, there's no doubt that you're both going to go so far with this like your determination is next level yeah <laughs> I then have to throw it out there as well though that like Thank just you. coming back to the last question um of was it worth it to be fair even if the industry and the career doesn't work out like the friendships that I've made have mm. changed my life and them alone will have made this worth it like they really really will oh I wish my friends spoke with me like that <laughs> <laughs> so Raven was the risk worth the reward for you on every single level yes professionally and personally I mean I have grown as an individual as I can't even describe the difference that I am now compared to what I was three, four, five years ago. You know, I'm the opportunities that have come as a result of 
doing this Card Institute diploma and the work internship that came along with it, you know, it has been phenomenal. I've met so many interesting people. I've worked on so many interesting projects. I've shaped, you know, I've, I've had a hand in shaping entire companies' digital strategies. I've been able to apply a lot of the skills that I've learned, you know, to the nonprofit work that means so much to me. Mm-hmm. And it's being able to carry that, those problem solving skills and that ability to collaborate and, you know, work with other individuals. Professionally, it's, it's, it's really launched my career. And, you know, one day, hopefully when I'm a CTO or a CEO <laughs> and I look back, you know, like this will literally be that first domino that knocked over mm. and literally made everything happen for me. And like what Laura said, you know, even if the career side of things doesn't quite go the way I'm planning for it to go, knowing that there are people out there like Cassia and Chris and, you know, the amazing friendships that I've created, like it has really changed my viewpoint of the world. Mm. And yeah, it was, so to answer your question in a nutshell, yeah, it was on every level worth the risk. Very much so. Well, I'm just, saying it now both of you when you're both like multi-millionaires and with your own companies and everything don't forget me <laughs> <laughs> I can come to Limerick and visit all the time don't worry Limerick and Ennis my two first stops <laughs> well that would be Ray I'll be working for her <laughs> <laughs> well that would be the dream two best friends working together owning a company bliss so I suppose we'll talk a little bit about life after now and life after for you guys. I mean, like the industry training. So my first question is, how did you find the three months of industry training? So uh, Ray, I'll go to you first this time. Yeah, sure. Um, so I landed up at a company called Action Point Technology. Um, we were recently uh, acquired by Vital Technology Group. And um, I started off in my internship in the QA department. And I was very lucky that the manager of that department, Sinead McNamara, is a phenomenal individual. You know, she's a wonderful woman. She, she's got a really amazing way of, of, of leading her team and growing individuals in her department. And within two weeks of landing at Action Point, you know, I was somehow selected for a role that had come up and they offered me the role. And I was at first very hesitant because it wasn't what I had planned on doing. You know, there wasn't a lot of coding involved at the time. And, you know, I was very much like, is this the right move? You know, I've worked so hard, you know, sharpening my coding skills. Should I do this? And they were nice enough to let me sort of use the two and a half months of my internship that was left over as sort of a trial run on the job. And yeah, two and a half months later, I went onto the role permanently and, you know, I was able to start helping companies roll out technology, you know, explore new kinds of technology, transform their entire strategies around how they implement their processes and their, you know, their culture and just their implementation of different systems, you know, and I found that throughout a lot of that, I was constantly drawing back on the, the knowledge that I had gained you know, from the credit industry, you know, it was it was all great to have that business perspective, but you know, you need to understand how these systems work. You know, what's happening in the back end, how they're interacting with one another, and that really gave me an edge. But um, from there, you know, I've I'm now working as a sort of a business analyst as well. Mm. So I work with software engineers and I work with QA engineers and project managers with the clients and. We, we sort of, you know, I help define the user stories. I help, you know, create the acceptance criteria for, you know, what would essentially make a user story accepted, you know, by QA when they're mm-hmm. testing it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's quite nice because I can sort of be in the people role that I want to be in because I'm, I like working with people, but I'm also very much involved in the tech side of things. And I can see, you know, the business requirements that go into, you know, the tech side of things as well so in terms of like how it's all worked out for me I would say that it's a lot of it was luck Mm. I just really landed up in the best sort of company for me and you know I've had amazing mentors you know and a lot of a lot of supportive people have helped me to get to where I am and 
yeah, it was just the most incredible experience. And it's still really, really incredible. I'm still at the same company and they're still encouraging me to learn and to grow it. So yeah, I've been very, very blessed. Wow, that's so cool. And I, I love as well when I have someone on that doesn't have like your typical role that you'd imagine you get after doing the diploma, but it just shows how broad your options are when you finish the course with this diploma. Yeah. Your role sounds incredible. Like, and like you said, you wouldn't be able to do it without everything you've learned from the diploma but also it's like your previous experience and you know different things you've you've learned and stuff are coming into it as well so it's it's incredible but it just goes to show the different kind of roles and the different titles and stuff that you can get a hundred percent I did not know what the health digital transformation was when they <laughs> when they first offered it to me I was like what I don't know what this is but I mean I knew enough that they sort of like put me on the same level as someone who has a master's degree mm. so like I would say to anyone who's listening to this podcast, you know, don't look at the boot camp diploma and think, you know, oh, it's not as good as a degree because you're definitely going to be punching way above your your, your class. Like, definitely. I couldn't agree more. So, Laura, what about you? Yeah, mine was, uh, oh, that feels like a total whirlwind, to be honest. Um, like, when I first started, the the team that I ended up on, like, they, they take co-ops um from universities every year but you know they're in for like eight months so I think they were a little bit surprised when I kind of rocked on in and you know it was only for three months and they're a bit like what are we going to do with you because we can't give you full projects like you don't know what to do um and then made more difficult as well because uh, the day I started I started with another girl from the cohort Kavitha she's also still here um I don't think I'd still be here without her <laughs> Um, but she had a positive COVID test that day so then that threw a thing in for the loops they're like what are we going to do with you you know we want to wait for her and I was like well by chance I'm not finished my last project I'd get a, an extension I was like so I can do a bit of both I was like I can slow down my training and also keep working on this um, which worked out very well for everyone involved um, but like that it was very hands-on development um, you know, they kind of gave us a few like pro-side courses at the start because, you know, we'd done the, the code institute course in Python and use that, but they're a C-sharp house. Mm. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> they're going to give you a little introduction. Um, and then like a couple weeks in, they're like, okay, and now we're going to give you a project. So they gave it to me and Kavitha, we worked on it together. And then like a couple weeks later, they gave her her own one. Um, so it was really good. It was very hands-on. Mm. um you know the the engineers that were with us they were they were so helpful um if ever we need anything it was you know here you go <laughs> here's what we can do and uh, so you know they kind of did our best to train us on and you know we kind of were hitting towards the end of the three months and they were like look we're actually really impressed like it's it's completely different to what we expected on both sides you know I was like this is what I thought it was going to be the company was like not what we thought it was going to be so we got an extra contract for a year to keep training um and like that it was just the same thing you know trying to trying to learn as you go and just constantly trying to evolve like I did stay in the development side for the most part um I do do a bit of like BA work as well you know kind of like you know wireframes and mm. documentation and all those fun things um so it, it's kind of nice having that mix of you know, I get to be in a corner and everyone leaves me alone. I just get to be on my desk and ignore everyone. But then that inevitably gets interrupted. Someone's calling you and they're like, hey, I need your help with this thing. And I'm like, OK. <laughs> um, so it's just really nice kind of having that balance. You know, mm -hmm. I really thought I really thought I wouldn't have to deal with people at all. If I'm honest, I kind of that's what I liked about the development side. I was like, oh, I don't have to deal with people anymore. You know, having come from retail and hospitality, you get a little tired of it. <laughs> um, but no, it is. It's actually really good. Um, but yeah, the, the company was just really fantastic, you know, and they're trying to encourage us to, you know, train more. And I have a meeting with my my own manager in a couple of weeks because he wants to talk about like he's doing it for the whole team, not just myself. Um, you know, if you want to do any, you know, if you want to do any training, any courses, you know, we want to really encourage that. And mm. we recently had a new investment. So, you know, RIT is done globally now. So they're really trying to push like whatever we want to do, you know, if we want to branch out, if we want to learn new skills, they're really trying to help with that. Um, and they've, you know, really trying to push that from the start. So it's really nice being that supportive because it's always scary. 
you know, coming into a, a, a new career. <laughs> I had never worked an office job. I had to text um, Fiona, who was in, in, in over education in HR. She's who onboarded us. And I had to test, text her like the day before I got in. I was like, what do I wear? <laughs> you know so having that support on all sides I think is really important and you know the office job didn't end up being as scary as I expected mm. so yeah still there wow. <laughs> that like that I rambly sorry no and I was just there to say I love how honest you both are like Raven saying that she didn't know what this new title was even when they suggested to her and like you saying you didn't even know to wear it to the office or you didn't with your project not being finished you're like this actually works out really well for me you know I can just take it slow I'll finish this that was probably a bit too honest no no it does it's clearly worked out well for you both you know your honesty it got you places Raven you had a big decision to make and because of your honesty they were like look use the rest of your industry training think about it see what you think afterwards and then we'll go from there and it's like both companies sound like they're so uh, behind your careers that they just want you to do what's best for you and keep pushing you to further your your learning and everything like that but you have to be honest when you're going into a job as well because if you go in and say I can do everything and I'm perfect you'd be thrown in the deep end and you'll drown and it's just like you need to be like okay hands up this is new to me or this doesn't work for me or I'm not sure on this and someone will help you there's mentors mm-hmm. there's buddy systems there's different things like that and it's all going to benefit your career in the long run so I admire your honesty big time <laughs> thank you <laughs> so yeah, I did have um one question at the end but we've kind of answered it there I sent you guys over the questions but it was uh to tell us a little bit of what happened after the three months of industry training was finished and I know you're both still in the same jobs and you know worked out really well for you but do you have anything like to add to that like Laura I could go to you first on this one so obviously you kept on for the year which is like incredible but you know after that say yeah well like that um after that year I managed to secure a permanent contract so it's kind of it it's really surreal in Mm. a way you know like I do struggle a lot with um imposter syndrome Mm. um and just kind of trying to cope with that because I'm like I you know I'm surrounded by such intelligent people who are really good at what they do and they know what they do and they know about the company you know a lot of people on my team have been in the company for a while so like when Mm. we have our Monday stand-ups everything everyone is saying just goes absolutely over my head (laughs) because you know in terms of what my company does as a whole you know they make semiconductors so like the ins and out of that I don't have a clue <laughs> you know so when they're talking about all the tools and manufacturing and all the stuff that goes into that I'm like I, I can't keep up with this but okay um and I think it's just kind of trying to remind yourself that you know no like I, I'm here for a reason you know I got this contract for a reason I have a seat at this table for a reason um, so trying to cope with that I find quite difficult mm. um, I got a bit of advice recently I'm trying to remember who said it and I actually want to think say it's Becky who we met on the course said this to me um, but it was for coping with uh, imposter syndrome and instead of having the narrative being like I don't belong here like you know oh my god they're gonna find out like la, da, 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 just be like <laughs> I'm great I fooled them all into thinking I should be here and I do belong here <laughs> and you know it's just turning that narrative in your head actually makes a surprising amount of difference 100 <laughs> percent. like I couldn't agree more and that's actually really good advice I'm actually doing a seminar on imposter syndrome next week and I'm robbing that line <laughs> because <laughs> I've like... already robbed it so <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true like you know you just have to keep reflecting on like the year beforehand like you were in the depths of covid you're working as a waitress you know you just finished the masters but you knew that it was going to be really difficult to take that off and be like look how much I have achieved in that small space of time and just keep like keep reflecting on everything you've achieved so far and celebrating the small wins like if you got up and done a bit of extra coding for an hour in the morning that's still a big win it's like you constantly have to remind yourself that you've worked so hard to get where you are and you 110% deserve it both of you so I I completely relate to the imposter syndrome thing but like you said it's it's flipping the narrative it's you know hyping yourself up being your own hype woman no it absolutely is and you know 90% of people that I've come across I'd say like 99% of people you know have 
been quite impressed that you know I've kind of managed to snake my way on in here with the, <laughs> the nine months um but you know so many people are like oh like I wish I could have done that instead of four years in college like you mm. kind of skipped all the the background noise and just focus on the hard coding and like mm. that's amazing and that's great like even people on my team said it but you do kind of meet one or two people you know who have that little bit of snobbery and they're like oh no like you have to go through your four-year degree so you do kind of need to be able to stand on your own two feet and be like no I don't mm. like most people who do a four-year degree tell you they don't remember 75% of it because you know it's not relevant and you know you don't touch a computer until you're like second year and you know there's there is a lot of I think uh, maybe snobbery isn't the right word but you know there's a lot of people who have this idea in your head that you need a, a four-year degree to get everywhere and I'm like well I have a master's degree I was <laughs> you know mm. it's, it, it's a fancy piece of paper at the end of the day you know it, it's more about what you can do and squeezing this course into nine months shows that you have you know you have the work ethic that you have the capability like that is I don't want to say it's way more stressful than a four-year degree because I haven't done one in that field so it's not for me to say but having done my own degrees I don't think I ever had as like I don't think I ever felt it as intensely for so long mm. um and it's just kind of trying to remember that doing this in nine months isn't something to be like oh it's only a nine month degree you're like I learned a whole career and sector in nine months and like the kind of person that takes to do that deserves a place at that table exactly like honestly say it louder for the people in the back because <laughs> it's but it's so true like you 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 spend on this money on degrees and you spend all that time and it's it's just for the piece of paper at the end like you're still you still need that experience to get your foot in the door you still need to you know start at the bottom but that's the whole thing about the boot camp. It's accelerated learning. It's to make it more inclusive and more accessible for people who don't have the four years to commit or don't have the money to do four years of college, but they want to, to take on this career. And it's like, if anything, it's harder because it's condensed down. And like you said, it's all the hard parts, you know, whereas on uh, if you're doing it over four years, it's like, oh, so we're covering this, this, this week, we can have a bit of a breather, you know, it's nothing. There's no, there's no time to breathe in the nine months. You, you know, you just have to do it so I would yeah those people that are you know going on about the degrees and stuff I think literally just say to them what you said to me because you couldn't have said it better you hit the nail on the head there and Raven, what about you yeah um wow it's a lot to follow there with, with what I said <laughs> but um yeah um what, what really happened after the three months you know is I landed in the digital transformation analyst role um I ended up doing a professional diploma in digital transformation management and you know really just the last the next six to 12 months sort of I'm literally losing track of time now but um I've just I've been able to use a lot of the skills that I've learned in a lot of different areas of my life you know I'm now a board member for the TGEU, which is one of the largest transgender nonprofits in Europe, you know, oh God. I never would have had the confidence to tackle something like that, you know, beforehand. So it's definitely given me, you know, like what Laura said, you know, that confidence that if I could do that in nine months, mm. if I can put myself through that and I could really, you know, if I'm that kind of person, I deserve a seat at that table, Yeah, you know, and it's something I've got to constantly remind myself, you know, at the end of the day, that's, it's not about what I haven't done. It's not about where, where I, I still have to go. It's what I've done and where I've been, you mm. know, and it's it's just constantly reminding myself of that. But um, yeah, I mean, now that I'm working as a business analyst, I'm more involved on the software side of things. So, you know, I'm currently looking at maybe expanding my skill set a little bit into the area of user experience. You know, I might have just put my hand back in a coding, you know, who knows? And I think mm. that's the most, that's the beautiful thing about breaking into technology is that the skills that you gain can be used in any other area, you know, and you can keep using it, whether mm. you decide to become a business analyst and then go into software development, vice versa, or even go backward and forward, you know, the, the knowledge that you gain will forever be able to be applied. You know, I mean, even developers need to have, you know, soft skills. They need to know how to communicate. They need to know how to speak to people in business. It's coming, Laura. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, it's those those skills are very important. And yeah, I think it's just being kind to yourself and, and you know, reflecting on everything you've achieved 
it really puts things into perspective. Mm. Oh, what a nice one to finish on. Honestly, I couldn't, I, I could just echo everything you've both said and that, you know, that confidence, that belief in yourself, you know, you've both done so much and you should both be so proud of yourselves and where you are today and like everything that you've achieved, not just the course, but like, you know, the, the industry training, landing the jobs, finding friends for life, you know, everything. It's been such a whirlwind, but like hats off to both of you and a massive congratulations for how well you've done so far. And I, I'm, I'm so excited to see where you go in the future. So, no, you're fine. You're not getting away just yet. We have the quick fire round. Uh, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so as anyone who's listened to the podcast knows, we have a quick fire round at the end. It's six questions. They're not very easy to answer, but that's the point of quick fire and it has to just come off the top of your head. So oh are you both ready? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. As These ready, are my favorite kind of questions. <laughs> okay. So question one is what is your death row meal? Raven, we'll go to you first. Something deep fried and smothered in chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you fried Mars bar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. That is the quickest answer I've ever got for that question. I swear to God. <laughs> Laura, are you going to be as quick? Uh, ish. Mine would be more long-winded. Uh, mine would definitely be more like a tapas kind of vibe because I like little bits of everything. So like mm-hmm. tapas, sushi. You know, I don't know what exactly. A lot of it would probably also be fried, and some of it definitely sweet. <laughs> But that would be my jam would be lots of little, lots of little things. Nice. I'm starving now even thinking about those things. <laughs> <laughs> Question two, what is your favorite season? So as in not Netflix season now, summer, winter, autumn. <laughs> I'm super basic. I love autumn. Give me my pumpkin spice lattes, give me my boots, <laughs> give me my browns and my golds and my orange palettes. I absolutely adore autumn. Again, quick off the mark, Ivan, you were built for these quick fire rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be hating myself then and be like, no, you actually love winter. <laughs> <laughs> and Laura, what about you? Um, once upon a time, I was an autumn girl and loved my scarves and my layers and to a point I still do, but I'm out and out a summer person now. Just give me that sun, like go yeah. away rain. I just want it to be hot and dry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's all I want give me that sunshine in the long days I'm a I'm a summer girl as well see that natural tan it just hits different like I'm like I'm so glad you can get it from a bottle these days but it's just so much nicer when it's natural can't beat it that's like I don't tan (laughs) (laughs) this is the contradiction um love summer but I just burn I don't tan oh I'm I'm half Arab so it's like the opposite for me I go so dark (laughs) so quickly and then it's just like None of my clothes look right. Nothing. <laughs> none of my makeup looks right. And it's just nope. <laughs> Honestly, we're never happy. It's like you're too tan. None of my my foundation doesn't match anymore. <laughs> and that shit is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So question three. Have you ever met anyone famous? Laura, we'll go to you first on this one. Oh, this is very well timed. Yes, I have. I met Ian McKellen in March. Um, from lord of the rings for people who don't know um oh my yeah God. he did a show in the board gosh energy theater um mother goose it was a panto mm. and i'd gone with my parents and you know um when it finished we walked back to the hotel and we're sitting down for like i don't know i just ordered a drink i was like you know what i was like i'll be back in 20 minutes and they're like where are you going i was like a lot of people will come out after the show. I was like, mm. I'm going to give it a go. And, you know, they're like, we've been gone ages. I was like, I don't care. It's Ian McKellen. <laughs> so I literally sprinted back to the theatre. And luckily there's still a crowd there and got talking to this very lovely um, couple. And then, yeah, Ian McKellen came out and he was just an absolute gentleman. Like everything that you would expect. Like he was like, you know, kind of taking his time as much as he could. Mm. And like, he was so sweet. Like I only talked to him, I'd say for 45 seconds. <laughs> but like, it was amazing he was like oh down to kids and like they had little teddy bears and he was asking about their names and like oh, oh he's just the purest soul in the world and life made after meeting him so I'm so glad you asked that question <laughs> but Laura it's like you have some kind of sixth sense or like your gut feeling is just through the roof like how did you know to go back like I would never in a million years think of doing that and now I'm like 
Okay, I have this every time now. I go oh, somewhere. Oh, do it. I had done it before because they'll do it. They'll often do it at concerts and they'll usually do it at theatres as well. Mm. I met Tom Hiddleston the same way as well, actually. It was one of my friends from my undergrad actually told me that this was a thing and um, that they oh just wait God. by the stage door. So. Okay, notes taken. Yep. Raven, are you going to be able to top that one? Definitely not. Like, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the opposite. Like, when, if there's any famous people around me, I run in the opposite direction because <laughs> I just cannot stand crowds. But I would say the most famous person that I've met recently would probably be the Taoiseach. But that is literally it. Like, I avoid famous people like the plague. <laughs> You're so chill about that as well. <laughs> just the Taoiseach. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Just the <laughs> But that I'm I'm actually quite similar to yourself. So like my answer to this question, it's nothing to brag about at all. And when I see famous people, I don't I never have the courage to go and be like, oh, can I have a picture or say hi or anything like that? I used to be way better when I was younger. But as I got older, I'm like, no, I don't want to like interrupt them. Or what if they say yeah, no? Or, yeah. yeah, like if I was famous, like I wouldn't want random people just coming up to me demanding things. Like I always feel so bad for them. Yeah. But yeah, that's just me. <laughs> um so question four what is your favorite animal raven will go to you first okay this is a very difficult one but i would have to say it is a tie between an orca and a panda like literally sea pandas and land, land pandas like that's literally what they are like i love them absolutely love them yeah okay we'll give it to you because they're you're you've classed them both as pandas so we'll give it yeah. to you yeah yeah first time we've had that answer i love it Thank you. Something different to show in the loop. And Laura, what about you? Um, I'm gonna be annoying. I also have two answers. Um, so I love giraffes just because they're tall and awkward like me. So I just really relate to them. Um, and also their tongues are blue. Like, why are they blue? It makes no and sense. So long. Um, they're so long. Like they're just they're just weird awkward animals. Um, and the other one then would be like a wombat because they're just little old men in little weird little stumpy legs and their poop is a cube like why why do you have square poop but they're just <laughs> the cutest things in the world oh my god I'm actually having stuff laughing for the last hour like... <laughs> sorry that has killed me oh brilliant I actually do you know what I knew that I'd get I'd get an odd answer from you for that one because of your masters I'm like you know she's, she's gonna blow it out of the water here so oh brilliant oh no <laughs> question five what scares you Laura will go to you first with this one. Oh god like how deep do we get here I mean I'm afraid of the dark like I'll, dark dark I'll take that. We've got some pretty deep ones, and then we have like heights, and you know all the usual ones. So whatever floats your boat, the dark. Yeah, is no, good we'll, answer. We'll go with dark. Yeah. Perfect. And Raven, what about yourself? Probably deadlines <laughs> <laughs> and emails, <laughs> meeting requests, jumping into your diary. Exactly. Exactly. And there's nothing more terrifying than when someone just randomly is like phoning you, and you're like, "What about you?" What do I do? Worst. <laughs> the English worst language is taking me. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, brilliant. Um, okay. And last but not least, what is your favorite song? Raven will go to you first. Okay, you see, this is another one that is really difficult. Like I love all kinds of music, but um, I would have to say. Mom, I'm drawing a blank now. Like, so say, like, I don't know. Say it's I your, it's it's the best day ever. You've just been offered your job. You finished the course. You're going out and with the girls. You're doing something. You're having fun. It's beautiful outside. What song are you putting on the radio? I would, it would have to be four nun blondes. What's going on? Oh my God. I what love a tune. That song. <laughs> yeah. Or literally anything Fleetwood Mac. Those are yeah. I would have to say that is definitely my vibe, yeah. Perfect. The perfect answer. Laura, try to <laughs> try top that. Oh, see, I can't. Again, it all kind of depends on my mood or whatever, but I do have like a happy band, you know, if I'm in a good mood, I'll put them on, mm. they make me feel good. If I'm in a bad mood, I'll put them on really loudly and sing along and make me feel better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're this tiny little Welsh band um, called The Blackout. They're like a little rock band, rock metal band. 
um I've just been obsessed with them since I was like 15 and you know they'd actually broken up like eight years ago oh. <laughs> but they got back together this year for a festival so oh, you, know, it, you know they might they might stay together for a year I might be able to see them again but I would definitely think that band is like my go-to happy place for music I actually I love when I ask this question and someone says a song or a band or someone I've never heard of before because I'm like there's my afternoon tune I'm gonna go listen to them now <laughs> <laughs> and I always say at the end of the podcast to finish it off, you all have to go and listen to Four Non Blondes, Fleetwood Mac, or The Blackout, and see what you think. I'm honestly, I'm going to put all these into a playlist and just I'm just start, <laughs> going to start linking it in the bio of all these because He's the songs we have, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's what I mean. It's like the genres of music is next level, but it would be a great playlist. <laughs> But listen, that is us. Thank you both so much. I have a pain in my stomach from laughing at the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and I have enjoyed this so, so much. And like I said before, like, congratulations on everything and best of luck in the future. And don't be a stranger. Stay in touch. And like I said, when you're rich and famous, don't forget about me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. This has been fun. And we'll both be yeah. working for a race, so don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much everyone for listening this far uh we will have another episode out soon which is the last one of the season um and we will be taking a little tiny break but we'll be back so don't worry but you still have one to keep you going um but yeah have a lovely day everyone and i'll see you all soon